Hey, happiness is a choice, and we're happy you're spending some time with us, Chip and Zay, breaking it down. Um, Zay, how about that uh, Texas Volleyball National Championship back-to-back? You kidding me? You kidding me? Legendary performance, man. Come on. performance. Absolutely. That was that was pretty awesome. I mean, if you watched that team, hopefully you did, because it was like it was a beatdown. It was a straight beatdown in a national championship game. And the fact that Nebraska, there's bad blood between these two programs. Like Nebraska's coach was talking smack after. Do we have that? He was like, I don't know if we got that. Team with transfers. Yeah, I I gotta pull that up because that's that's a wild thing to say. Like I know Petty, you know I know Petty, but shit, man, you just lost in the national championship and you're out here butt hurt like that. That's a bad look. That was a really bad look. Let me because guess what. It's called the transfer portal, kids. Yeah. And two of their best players, Ella Swindle, the setter, and Emma Halter, their libero, were recruited out of high school. Um, But, yeah, I mean, so what? I mean, Madison Skinner, Jenna, uh, Wausau, their transfers – and they beat your ass. Yeah, I'm not, you know, the most intelligent when it comes to pro volleyball after you're done with college, but I know they're not getting Shohei Otani money. So if you're able to stick around in college like Asia O'Neill and get about two or three degrees before you leave campus because COVID wanted to put in an extra rule and you're benefiting from that, so be it. Sorry, coach. You need to get on that train too. I get it. Y'all have no seniors over there in Lincoln, but that's your fault. Y'all lost one game all year prior to Texas yesterday. So they were feeling themselves. They were very confident. They didn't see this coming. You know, they look at Texas. Oh, they ain't the number one seed, even though they've been knocking them off this whole time, beating Stanford, beating uh, Wisconsin the way they did, and then leading up to this game. Like that Nebraska squad. Yeah, they they looked like a team that was shocked that took Texas for granted. And 3-0 skunk? Shit, man. I mean, 12 aces. A championship record, 12 aces. Like, they put so much pressure on Nebraska just through their service. Asia O'Neal, five aces. I mean, it. they never let Nebraska come up for air. And remember, this is the Nebraska team that set the world record for attendance at a women's sporting event, getting 92,000 people to to fill Memorial Stadium in Lincoln to watch this Nebraska volleyball, volleyball team take on Omaha. And they had the hype. They had the number one ranking. And Texas just ragdolled them. And Dominican Sue was at this volleyball championship game. And for Texas fans, 
Picture what Indomitian Sue did to Colt McCoy. And that's what Texas did to Nebraska in this championship match. Yeah. So impressive, man. I don't know what was more impressive, that beatdown on Nebraska or Madison Skinner's pops. You see that swole body in the stands? Holy shit. I don't know what Madison Skinner's relationship status is. I don't know if she has a man or a woman, whatever, whatever she's into. I don't know that. But, yo, having to deal with that dude, good grief. And, obviously, it's showing Jermaine O'Neal in the stands, a six-time all-star. Like, this team, talented, man. To go back-to-back in any sport is so difficult, especially just losing – Logan Eggleston, like you did last year. That girl was national player of the year. What team loses like the national player of the year, year prior, and then wins it the next year? Like that's unheard of, man. I don't give a damn what sport you're talking about. That's unheard of. And yeah, that's one of the more impressive runs you're ever going to see in college sports. I mean, and sorry, Jenna Wanas, right? Um, I butchered her name. Jenna Juanis. And she was outstanding in this match. I mean, she had nine kills and two aces. And I mean, every time you turned around, Texas was, you know, digging balls off the floor and keeping points alive and getting it going. And this is after Jared Elliott got a yellow card in the first set. And his assistant, David Hunt, got a red card, which gave Nebraska a point in a tight. It was a one point game at that at that junction. And Texas reeled off three straight points to end the match like it did not bother them whatsoever. In the past, I got to say, Jarrett's teams might have kind of gotten flustered and and look, as good as Logan Eggleston was, three-time Big 12 Player of the Year, National Player of the Year last year, she did get nervous at times. And I, I felt like the team kind of felt that. And, you know, she could be dominating, and then she'd have a couple errors, and the rest of the team would be like, there was none of that in this run to the championship. Now, don't get me wrong, Texas almost had its – you know, lifeline cut by Tennessee. Tennessee had a match point in the fourth set against Texas in the regional semifinal. And Texas won three straight points to close it out and then won the fifth set, 16-14. That was their gut check, look over the cliff moment because after that, they dominated Stanford in Palo Alto, a team that beat them three zip earlier in the year. And then they dominated Wisconsin three to one with their massive block They're you know, the six, nine smreck girl who. Boban. Is, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Boban, <laughs> but this was, I mean, this was like a beat down. This was, this was 20, 20, the first game, obviously close. Um, but you know, the second and third games, we're not even close. Yeah. It was it was 25-22 and then 25-14 and 25-11. Like, it just got worse for Nebraska as it went on. And they looked overwhelmed. And Texas looked like they were 
doing some serious hunting. Yeah. It was it was cool to watch. Yeah, and I think a huge X factor for this national championship squad was Emma Halter because you're coming in replacing Zoe Fleck. Like Zoe Fleck, she was cold, boy. Yeah. That little thing, she would dive anywhere. She'd get dirty. She'd be out of bounds, like almost in the sand, saving shit. And when she graduated, it was kind of like, okay, Emma. You next up. You saw what Zoe did last year. You were a part of that national championship team. You didn't get the many minutes last year, but can you step into that role this season at the libero spot, and which we know the responsibility that comes there, and do what Zoe did? And she did that. I mean, going back to that Wisconsin game, like she was the player of the game just with her digs and her saves and her hustles. So, yeah, I know coming into the season, if you're Jared Elliott, that's probably one thing that you're worried about, kind of like with this football team, you know, who when you lose somebody like a Demarion Overshone, you know, that's what I'm saying. We were worried who's going to come in as that next guy right beside Jalen Ford. And Ant Hill has done that and look where Texas football is. So those teams both being synonymous with each other, Chip showing the Emma Halter highlights, man. She was an absolute dog all weekend long. And yeah, this team, they deserve it. They deserve all the flowers that they're getting. Madison Skinner, her story's just beautiful, man, knowing that she wanted to quit. She wanted to quit the game. She didn't have that love for it anymore. And then just transferring from Lexington, Kentucky to University of Texas and just having a new feel and new atmosphere that can rejuvenate someone, you know, just being around the right people. That's so important And just seeing her break down and like this one means a lot for her and a lot for this squad as a whole. Very proud of this team. And yeah, Texas fans, they'll remember this one for a long time for sure. Yeah, we talked about it going in, you know, to the weekend on Friday about how Jared surrounded himself with with really good, a great coaching staff. He's always had a, a good coaching staff, but he gets nervous. He doesn't sleep. He said that. And yeah. and it's it's interesting, like the players, he he has done a good job of surrounding himself with people who are, you know, David Hunt, who takes over the huddles during timeouts. He's a, you know, outstanding coach. He's the associate head coach. Jared's just put all the right pieces in place. And what a great job of evaluating because, look, Madison Skinner beats Texas for the 2020 National Championship while she's playing for Kentucky. And Jarrett Elliott hears her, uh, you know, her older sister was on that team. Her older sister left. She wasn't happy. Um, Jarrett, you know, she's thinking about giving it up, whatever. She transfers to Texas, finds the love again, as you said. And she was ready. She was ready to take over for Logan Eggleston. And she's a killer. She's a killer. Like she doesn't. She doesn't get nervous. Yeah. She's a killer. And she showed that over and over again. And Ella Swindle is a killer. Oh, man. Yo, man, she's nice. I Only mean, those angled man. dumps over the block, you know, she wasn't beating her head into the wall. And she did, she does a great job of setting Skinner from the back row, which, as you mentioned, the hops, Skinner comes flying in. She's, you know, driving 
shots. Nebraska's block is not set up. They're out of, um, you know, they're kind of out of, uh, out of sync. Yeah. And then Swindle started throwing in those little angled dumps over the block. And suddenly Nebraska was like, what do we do? Like yeah. what's happening? Meanwhile, their best players were just overwhelmed. So yeah. and that, that's that was, the thing. Uh, that like bad. you're out here hating John Cook, Nebraska coach, on the experience that Texas has. Let me play this for the people because I, I got it pulled up. We got it here. I got a little bootleg. Just John Cook's statements after the game when Nebraska's lost, just absolutely classless. What ways has Texas set the bar that you and other teams have to have to match now? I got to think about that, but, uh, you know, um, you look at tonight's net match. I mean, they've got half their starting team or transfers. They're all fourth and fifth year players, except for Ella, the setter who did a great job. Um, so they've got, um, you know, that's how they've been building their team. That's how they built last year's team. I like what we're doing. I like recruiting kids and trying to make them be great. You like losing? <laughs> Yo, okay, Dabo Sweeney. Like, yeah. what? Yeah. You're Dabo Sweeney. What are we talking about? Like, you, I just. You're Dave Aranda. Okay. You're Dabo Sweeney. You're the, you're the guy who's not adapting, and you just got your ass beat by the program that is adapting. Yeah. Like, you, that's an upset. That's a bad loss. Texas coming in as a two seed. I get it. They won it last year, so that makes it look better. But Well, and yeah. they were the number five team in the nation, Texas, coming into the NCAA championship. They were not on the radar. They got sent to Stanford, the number two team in the nation. They had to go play in their regional. They had to beat Stanford on their floor, which they did. And you didn't hear Texas complaining along the way. They weren't saying, how do we get sent to Stanford? They just won. And, I I mean, that Wisconsin game, because Wisconsin was number one for eight weeks during the season. Like, Wisconsin's no joke. They won it all in uh, 21. And when Texas kind of manhandled them, woman handled them, punished them, whatever, spiked them, in, you know, 3-1, I was like, oh, man. Watch out, because this team's playing free. They're playing loose, and they are—they're out for blood, man. They—they they see it, they feel it, they believe it, and everybody raised their level, and that's—that's that's what's awesome. Because look, Texas getting ready to try and go win a national championship in football, and ideally, you're going to walk away from the Sugar Bowl and possibly the, you know, Houston for the national championship saying everybody elevated their game like offense, defense, special teams all delivered and Texas football was able to rise and win a national championship. That's exactly what volleyball just did. Their offense, their transition, their defense, their serving all money. Yeah. They're from their coaching staff. 
Like after yeah. you lose the second set to Wisconsin, you're kind of like, uh-oh, Wisconsin, they got their groove back. And then Jared Elliott and the coaching staff all said, okay, let's rearrange this. Let's substitute this way. And then they end up winning the next two sets on their way to winning the national championship. So, yeah, man, I'm with you. It's a fun time to be a fan of the Texas Longhorns, man. A lot of success going on right now. I know we got some big-time transfers and – you know, coming in for Texas football and Andrew Makuba coming back to the ATX clips and transfers. So, yeah, man, it's him popping. Good time yeah. right now. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's get into it because it's it's things are hopping for Texas football for sure. And um, Andrew Makuba. Help is on the way, Zay. Help is on the way at the safety position. It's not going to get here quite uh, fast enough, but uh, (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But, no, this is a big pickup. This is a big pickup. This is a guy with uh, big-time experience and – and look, that's what Texas needs. He's a he's a cover guy and a guy who can, you know, play the run. And I mean, twenty pass breakups. This is a guy who's, you know, I mean, he was a freshman All American at Clemson, so you know he can get it done. And that's exciting because they needed an impact guy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, him being an Austin Knight, his former head coach, Jamal Finner, is part of this staff when it comes to the high school recruiting department for Texas. So it all just made way too much sense for Makuba to come back, especially seeing the success that Texas is having. I mean, we just mentioned Dabo Sweeney and just kind of how behind he is with the times of this day and age of college football. And I don't know if that played into Andrew's season. I mean, it probably did for a team that, what, Clemson? They didn't even make a bowl game. They didn't get six wins this year. Kate Klubnick really struggled. So, yeah, you know, the grass seems greener on what the Texas side with what they got going on, going to the Sugar Bowl. And then you see Jalen Catalan leaving or somebody like Andrew Makuba, even with Jalen Catalan, if he were to stay, the rotation that they have at that position, you know you're going to get clocked no matter what if you do your job and do it at a high rate. So, and again, Mookie Taft, they'll be back next year, solid. Derek Williams, he'll be back next year, solid. So, add Andrew Makuba, you think about – Kobe Black possibly playing the safety spot. I know you're a corner, Kobe. It just depends on how you fit in Pete Kukowski's system. But still, like, and then you think about the Florida uh, uh, commit that might flip. Xavier Flimsman, I don't know if I pronounced his name right, but y'all know what I'm talking about. He's announcing on Wednesday. So does this shift his opinion maybe on, you know, his options, knowing that that room is getting a little thicker? Hopefully not. But, again, at the end of the day, when you rotate like Blake Gideon and Pete Kukowski do at the safety position, you're going to get tick and you're going to be fresh 
in the fourth quarter due to all the rotation and substitutions throughout the game. So, yeah, man, coming back home, being the East Austin kid, get to eat mama's home cooking all the time and see the homies and kinfolk more than you ever have. Like, ask Adonai Mitchell what that's meant for him. He's not even an Austin kid. He's a Houston cat. Like that's the reason why he, or a huge reason why he came from Georgia, went in two national championships back home. Like there's something to say about being around family just because we all know life's too short. So if you have the opportunity, like Andrew Makuba does coming back to your city and playing for a big time university in Texas and playing SEC football and seeing the success that Texas has had as of late, and they're actually putting guys in the NFL. That's attractive, man. So he's, and this is a guy who he he's played that star nickel corner slot corner um in fact he played 315 of his snaps this season um well no 315 snaps in his career were at slot corner 158 at free safety so he's he's a guy who can do both you know if Jody Barron moves on after this season um you know I mean, I think it's going to be interesting. Here's Makuba, who was, you know, probably seen as a higher NFL draft prospect than Jody Barron right now, is coming back for another season to Texas. You wonder if Jody Barron, you know, is going to stay or go. But, um, you know, Makuba, he was a big time, you know, he was the first freshman defensive back to start a season opener for Clemson dating back to 1973. I mean, this guy's a, a special talent. He's tired of losing. You know, he went to Clemson to win. Um, didn't work out. He's got, you know, as we mentioned, his uh, high school coach at LBJ is now the the director of high school relations, Jamal Fenner, um, at Texas. So this, this is a big pickup for the Longhorns and for Blake Gideon. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, if you're John A. Barron, there's just a big part of me that says that dude's going to take a chance on himself and we know chip more than a lot of people that just cover college football as a whole like that johnny Barrett's special and what he might not have when it comes to just the attributes from just his stature or his size or whatever he makes up with it by his iq so again He's going to be a steal, whatever he does. I would love for him to come back. You know, if he tests the waters and the NFL scouts aren't seeing it, and again, you could come back and be in the SEC. But with what Texas has success-wise these next two games, that could change a lot. Like, talk to me after two games. If you go and show out, we've been talking about it for weeks now. If you go out and show out against Washington and possibly Alabama or Michigan, then your draft stock could rise. 
So let, let's play that out. But with John A. Barron, even if he has a year left of eligibility, I really wouldn't be surprised if somebody took a chance on him and that dude became a 10-year player in the National Football League. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it'll be it'll be interesting because I'm I'm not sure the I'm not sure the coaching staff. I mean, I think they think he's coming back and Jada hasn't told anyone yet. You know, they're the deadline for under, I mean, and Jada's a senior, but he's got that COVID year. So that's where it gets tricky. This is the last batch of guys who have that. I mean, that's what Tavondre Sweat used to come back for a fifth season. What a difference it made for him, but it's interesting. Texas has dudes with decisions. Quinn Ewers, Worthy, A.D. Mitchell, Byron Murphy, Jade Barron. I mean, Jalen Ford accepted his um, senior bowl invitation. He had a COVID year. Ryan Watts has a COVID year. Those are seniors. Alfred Collins. I mean, it's there's a lot of sort of stuff that's dangling out there in terms of who's who's staying or who's going. And, and so this pickup of Andrew Macaba is big because look, Jaron Thompson is a senior with a COVID year. We've talked about that. Keaton Crawford's a senior with a COVID year. And we've said, do you want those guys back? Or do you have, you know, sometimes you're like, okay, if I got like, okay, we're going to get to this. I'm going to talk about it in the chip shot, but I'll talk a little bit about it now. Jonathan Brooks. You know, I just wrote over at Horns 24-7 that, you know, a source close to that situation says Brooks has not made up his mind yet. He's still the number one running back on the board for for pro football focus, for Mel Kuyper, even with the torn ACL because they saw what we saw. Mm -hmm. Dude's got great contact balance. More than half of his yards are after contact. He averages three 0.91 0.91 yards after contact. Yeah. That's that's what the NFL wants. Yeah, Willis McGay, Frank Gore, all those dudes will tell you it don't matter. ACL don't mean shit. If you can get healthy and stay healthy, then somebody's going to take a chance on you. And both of those guys, yeah, with the ACLs. I want to say Frank Gore had like three ACL tears. I want to say he had two on one knee and one on the other. I might be mistaken, but that dude had some serious knee problems back at his Florida days. And he's like top five in rushing all time. It's nuts. It's nuts. Like, I feel like the Hall of Fame is probably, you know. He's number three. Number three. Number three. Number three. Yeah, and go check out his ACLs. Go check out his ACL injuries. Homeboy had that. He had at least two for sure, for sure, back when he was at South Florida, you know, going to school. So, yeah, man, if I'm Jay Brooks, hey, bro, get that paper. Because as a running back, you got to get in the league as early as possible just because we know that value. They don't give a damn about you. They'll replace you in a heartbeat. B. John Robinson, you better stop fumbling, fam. Now, Bijan, I love you. You can't be fumbling, bro. That was a tough Falcons. Good Lord. I know we're getting off track, but, man, I'm just saying. 
B. John, protect that rock, baby. But, yeah, if you're Jay Brooks, you can't be coming back. That's cool and all. I get it. You want to get your degree, but you can always get that. Just. Right. <laughs> you can right. always go back and get that. And he's a third-year guy, so he's closer to his degree. You know, he redshirted as a freshman. And I agree. I mean, if I'm advising Jonathan Brooks, unless he just loves school and his NIL pay is okay, I'm with you. I'm like, I'd say, hey, Jonathan, look, look at these projections. You're not going to be able to work out. You're not going to be able to do pro day. But they still believe in you. Yeah. And that's. That's nervous times for a kid like Jonathan Brooks, who didn't even start the season as the starting running back on his team, but then exploded and was absolutely killing it. He was the number three rusher in college football through eight games. What a year. And and it's nervous times for him. Like, really? I'm not going to be able to work out. Our team's really going to pick me? And, and that's the tough – that's a tough part of it because if he was healthy right now, hell yeah, he'd be going pro. Yeah. There's no doubt. He can catch it. He's got that contact balance. And that's and he's a big, strong dude. So I mean, if if he's getting advised, if the NFL advisory committee is saying, Hey, we see you as a first or second round pick, you gotta go. Yeah. You gotta go. And that's, I don't know that he'll be a first or second round pick because we talked about it. There's a ton of quarterbacks and a ton of receivers in this draft. And we know defensive linemen go high, uh, especially the interior linemen, but the pass rushers, the top corner is going to come off the board in the first round. There's no, and Brock Bowers is coming off in the first round. So there's no guarantee that Jonathan Brooks would go in the first two rounds. He might, he might slide. Right. And there's, you know, the I'm other saying. running backs, the other hey, running backs. Bijan ain't helping nobody. He ain't helping. The game fumbled yesterday. Everybody looking and saying, mm, it was that? wet. Huh? It was wet. All right. Yeah, it was. But still, that's this. The dude that was taking first round. Now, Jameer Gibbs, he helped him a little bit. I saw him yesterday. He looked pretty good for your Lions. Pretty, pretty, Larry David, pretty good. So, again, it just depends on the genius. I hope Arthur Smith isn't messing with Bijan's confidence. I can't stand him. That dude just, for one, you got to stick with Heineke. Like Desmond Ritter, I, I don't know what Home Depot owner is telling you, but this Desmond Ritter stuff, it's just, come on. Like Heineke's proven it. He didn't have much time. I want to say he got a little banged up, so they put Ritter back in. And, again, they're just so high on Ritter. He ain't it. He ain't it. They better. All these quarterbacks enter in this draft. Atlanta better get one early, early, because they got way too much talent around them to be struggling their ass off the way they did against Carolina yesterday. Like That's a joke. You're sitting at top of this weak-ass NFC South. It's so weak, and it looks like with what – the Buccaneers did to the Packers yesterday, as John McClain told us last week, you know, he thinks that they're probably going to win it out. And then Baker looked good throwing over like 360 yards. But damn, man, it's right there for the taking. And you're right. Arthur Smith is a liability. 
He really is. What's he doing? He's just uh he's not building it around Bijan. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. But yeah, free Bijan. Free well, Bijan. But he do gotta take care of that rock though. That ain't that ain't Arthur Smith's fault. Like, you gotta take care of that rock, baby. Yeah. Do it Edward, I think this is a little bit of wishful thinking, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, if you're Jonathan Brooks, it's a it's a you're you're betting on yourself and you're hoping that your your film does the talking for you. And let's be honest, the whole pre-draft process is about you know trying to get you into the combine to look at your medical. Okay, well, we know he's got a torn ACL. So if a, if a team is, which I my gut is, he'll slide. He'll yeah. slide, probably be a third-round pick. Jamal Charles, third-round pick. Priest Holmes, undrafted. So I think Jonathan Brooks is going to be a beast in the NFL. He's going to be a solid back for years to come, and that kid's special. Now, that leads us to our next conversation. Zay, which is CJ Baxter versus Jaden Blue. Because Brooks goes down. Why are you giving me that look? I'm, I'm, just, I'm seeing where you're going with this. I, 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 you got me very interested, per usual. I'm just seeing where you're going with this. Continue. So, so Brooks goes down in the TCU game. The next week is, that's game 10. The next week is the road trip to Iowa State. If you look at that Iowa State game, it was it was C.J. Baxter's best game as a Longhorn, and he he ran for you know 120 um, or 20 20 carries for 117 yards, 5.9 a carry, and he looked he looked good, looked really good. Um, Jaden Blue got seven carries. It was he he only had four carries through the first three quarters. It was CJ Baxter's game and he delivered. Now, gets interesting when you go to the Texas Tech game. You go to the Texas Tech game and CJ got the first two series. Blue came in on the third series. Exact same thing happened in the Big 12 title game. CJ got the first two series. Blue came in on the third series. And from there, they're it kind of they started alternating. So blue has elevated in the eyes of the coaches. He's getting in on the third series, and then he was the hot hand. Blue was the hot hand against. I mean, well, first of all, he had a 69-yard touchdown run against mm. Texas Tech in early in the second quarter, the fourth series of the game. And then, and he finished that game, you know, over 100 yards rushing. Everyone's like, oh, that was garbage time. No, no, he was he was getting meaningful, meaningful reps. He had five carries for 94 yards in the first half when that game was 26 to 7. 
Then against Oklahoma State, he comes in, third series. Finishes his first half, nine carries, 32 yards. But he has a touchdown catch in that uh, in the first half of that Big 12 title game. And he, you know, it's interesting. Like, it's, it's maybe a closer battle than people think. And they're making their case right now in these practices, you know, in the meetings. And to Shard Choice, that dude knows who's ready. That dude knows who needs to be on the field. So this is going to be an interesting situation to watch in the Sugar Bowl. Does CJ get the first two series? Does he get one series? It's going to be interesting because Blue can catch it. They both can catch it. For sure. They both can catch it. Do you have a preference? Um, I don't. I like what both are doing right now. I like where they're at. I think it all depends on the situation. And if you're smart, if you're Steve Sarkeesian and Tashar Choice going into the Sugar Bowl with all this time that you have to practice, you have a month off until the game. Well, not now, but right when it started, you had a month off. Maybe you throw in a little 20 personnel, 21 personnel, depending on the situation. I get it. We love the wide receivers and stuff, but get those two guys in at the same time and mix it up. We've seen success when Sarkeesian's done that, even with Keelan Robinson throwing them in there. And with all the motion that Sark loves to do, it could fit. But, yeah, I think with Jaden Blue, I know people are kind of like, ah, is he going to test the transfer portal, especially if – Jonathan Brooks comes back and you would think he would be a very hot commodity just because of the success that he's had as of late. One thing that makes me very happy that I don't think that's going to happen, Chip, that we haven't talked about yet is Matthew Golden transferring from U of H to Texas. Why is that important, Texas fans? Matthew Golden and Jaden Blue, high school teammates at uh, Klein, what, Kane? I think that's where they went. Yeah, at Klein Kane. So, that's the homie putting guys around each other and they know each other. They're probably pretty tight. Like I'm sure Jaden blue was a huge part of the recruiting process for Matthew Golden and making his decision on coming to Texas from H town. So yeah, those things, they matter, man. They really do. So I just think with Sark and Tashard choice and the rest of this coaching staff, you got to, you talk, we talk about it all the time. You talk about it. We talked about it with uh, Isaiah Nayor, which they did. It did. You got to keep those guys happy. And when you know they can be productive, mix it up with them. Obviously, if one has the hot hand in a certain game, the other one needs to understand and say, okay, it might be CJ's game today. Or CJ looking at Jaden Blue, it might be Jaden's game today. Or both of those guys looking at Keelan Robin and say, hey, it's K Rob's today. Like, that's just how it works. But. When you succeed like they're doing and you're bringing in all these other big-time recruits at the running back spot, okay, yeah, it could get a little tight in there, but, hey, man, there's plenty of ball to go around for everybody. So Yeah, there, there is. And that's, that's going to be – look, Tashar Choice, I think, has a, hopefully his voice outweighs Uncle Rico – you know, oh man, yeah. 
You need to be the feature back over there at UTSA. Yeah. You know, you, you need to be the feature back at, you know, Cadwallet or you. <laughs> and hopefully Tashar Choice is like, hey, man, we're going to get you carries. Yeah. You've seen that. Like, just look at the Texas Tech and Oklahoma State games. Right. They're both getting carries, just like Bijan and Roshan got. Roshan's in the league. You don't need to go anywhere. You already have a reputation. Like, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to, you know, like crash on Jaden Blue, but this is a kid who opted out of his senior year, then decided, oh, man, I should play, and his team voted not to let him back on the team. Yeah, man, that's some BS. So oh, Jaden Blue's rewriting the script right now. And – the NFL loves Steve Sarkeesian offensive players. Najee Harris, list goes on and on because they know they can run, catch, and blitz protect. Yeah. So it's Jaden's right where he needs to be. I forgot about that Jaden Blue story about his team not letting them back on. Like, come on, the dude's a teenager. He's not the one making these decisions. Maybe he might be pro for it. And who knows what he said, you know, on campus, walking around class and stuff. You know, these teenagers, they might be talking crazy and stuff. But, yeah, Uncle Rico, Uncle Lawrence, all those dudes, they were in his ear, his family. They were the ones to help make him make that decision, bring him back on the team. Like, that's that was such a trash move. Yeah, that and he's getting coached. He's getting coached now. He's getting yeah. coached by Tashard Choice, Steve Sarkeesian. He's in with players who are, you know, looking out for him, supporting him. Look, Jaden Blue was probably, what, he and Matthew Golden, two or three of the most talented guys on on a high school team. You can, you can get carried away. Once you get to a place like Texas and you're competing with guys like Jonathan Brooks and you, you were around Bijan and Roshan – you now know what the standard is. And I like the way Jaden Blue has taken to the challenge and not hung his head. And when he gets in, he's making stuff happen. And that's good coaching. That's good coaching. That's good. That's good listening. And Jaden Blue's turning heads, man. He's yeah. turning heads. There was probably one point of the season where he was in the doghouse. I don't know what game he fumbled in. It was either Wyoming or Kansas, but it was garbage time. Texas had the game, and he had a big – couldn't have been Wyoming because that thing was too tight. They had the starters in, so it must have been Kansas. And he fumbled that thing, and I was like, oh, shit, this dude, he don't get enough reps to be fumbling, <laughs> you know. And you're right, to overcome those things, to get your opportunity and thrive when you get it like he has. Like, yo, he's one missed tackle away from taking it to the house on every play. Like, those guys, those are special dudes. Like, CJ don't have that in him. I know he had that, you know, fake quarterback sneak little toss that he took to the house against Kansas State and stuff, but that's just a great play. He didn't have to really make – he made one guy miss, but he didn't really have to do much on that. What Jaden yeah. Blue has shown with his explosiveness, it's a game-changing, you know, factor of the game for him So and for this Texas team. So him and Ke Keelan Robinson – 
what they're on right now, if you're Sark, you could really mix it up with all three of those running backs and Baxter, Robinson, and Jaden Blue. And hopefully, with all the time that you've had to the Washington game, You've thrown stuff in there that those guys haven't seen on film yet, which it's always a little, you know, nerve wracking to put new stuff out there at this time of the year against high quality like that. Like you're probably thinking, all right, are these guys, we haven't ran this much all year long. Are they willing to execute it now at the biggest stage? I think this Texas team has the right IQ to do that. And if Sark does do that and has the confidence in his squad to execute those plays and Quinn Ewers make sure guys is in the right spot and whatnot, then, yo, you can see some serious points on that Husky team that is very vulnerable on the defensive side. Yeah, it was against Wyoming. He fumbled in the fourth quarter with about six minutes left. They were up 31 to 10. Doghouse. He fumbled and that, that set him back, but he didn't, he didn't hang his head and tank. He, you know, got back in there and he worked on his blitz pickup. Cause that was the, that was the thing that was holding him back. Like it, from getting into the competition with Brooks and Baxter at the beginning. And then once Brooks went down, he got a chance to show, Hey man, I've been paying attention. I've been learning. I know what to look for. I can, I can protect Quinn. And honestly, Blue's done a better job of attacking his block than than CJ has. Honestly, there was a there was a play um, against Texas Tech where JT Sanders kind of just pushed his guy. He, <laughs> he, he kept coming up field, and then CJ kind of whiffed, and Quinn got sacked. And it was like, come on, dudes, like put some heart in it. And that, and this, this is going to be fascinating about JT Sanders. I'm telling you, because I've I've talked to NFL scouts who are like, he can't block. Like he's got to get better. He's not he's not that good. Like he's not he's not Tony Gonzalez good to where he can just sashay Olay in the in the blocking aspect of it. Mm. That's what's been so impressive about some of these rookie tight ends this year, like Laporta in Detroit. That dude will block and score three touchdowns uh, Saturday. So I'm fascinated to see what what JT Sanders decides because I think he's I think he's thinking I'm going to go because I've heard I'm the second best tight end in college football behind Brock Bowers and Brock Bowers going first round. So ah. Yeah, I mean, he is definitely the second best tight end, but you're right. He definitely needs to improve on his blocking, and he'll realize that when he gets drafted and he's riding that pine and they bring in a dude that was selected or undrafted and that guy's getting more clocked than him because it's a run, more of a run-focused squad, he'll realize that real quick. You know what I'm saying? Nothing like what Bob Knight used to say back in the day. Nothing, a, There's no bigger punishment than putting your ass on the bench. None. That'll make guys realize real quick because everybody wants to play. And we all know in the NFL, it's all about that next contract. Rookie deal, cool. But second contract, second contract, yeah, what's good? So in order to get Gunner Helm, I've had coaches tell me Gunner Helm is a like five times better blocker than JT Sanders and he can run 
well enough to make defenses pay. Yeah. Like he's been underrated this year. I don't think we give yeah. another helm enough credit. We don't talk about him enough because obviously JT just as good as he is, as talented as he is. But but the yeah, bottom man. line is if JT goes pro, Texas has a first team all big t- or first team SEC. I don't know. They got a first team all conference player in Gunner Helm. For sure. And and that's that's reassuring because everyone's like, oh, JT, JT. Well, Gunnar Helm's the the second tight end in the two tight end set, the one who does all the motion, the one who does all the blocking. He he's the dirty work guy. And and he's good. He's getting better. Like, remember, he went to Jeff Banks before the season and said, I do everything that JT does. And I'm not getting any balls. And Jeff Banks said, you should be pissed. But instead of getting pissed and tuning out, I need you to get pissed and keep competing because you're going to get on the field. Yeah. You're going to get on the field. And I'm glad to hear that you're, you have that kind of fire. And I, I thought it was cool that Jeff Banks told that story. Um, and I think it's cool that Gunnar Helm went to his coach and said, I do everything he does. Yeah. And he gets all the balls. So, yeah. And, and if you prove it, then Sarge right. and those guys, they're going to change the playbook for you. So both of y'all could be on the field. Like we've seen a lot of 22 personnel at times, 12 personnel with Gunnar Helm, like you said, being in motion and JT being out there. And you see Gunnar Helm wide ass open. Like all his touchdowns this year, he's been wide ass open, like nobody around at all. Because he sells that <laughs> stock block. Yeah. He looks like he's blocking. The defenders are like, cool. I'm running right by him. He releases out. Hey. Yeah. I'm yeah, all good. by myself. Yeah. Gun- Gunner Helm, I apologize. <laughs> I'm Celine Dion over here. Celine Dion, man. Yeah, you throwing it back there. But, yeah, Gunnar Helm, I'm going to apologize to you, bro. I have not given you enough credit this year. It's not that I've been dogging him, but we haven't given him that love that he deserves. He has been steady. He has been consistent. And, hell, Gunnar, they should have believed in you more in the Oklahoma game because JT Sanders, bro, with that ankle, you already can't block anyway. But with that ankle, shit, you're really a liability. Just you good, JT. I get it. You want to you you back home. You want to play in front of family. It's against Oklahoma, Red River Shooter. I get it. It means something. This might be it for you. You know that you're probably gonna enter the draft. This might be it for you. But we need this game, Gunner. We trust him. He gonna take your spot and he gonna make it look good too. But instead, we got what we got. So yes, now I'm glad this coaching staff sees what Gunner Ham's value is, and that dude, yeah, he's performing. Yeah, Jeff Banks, that dude, that's going to be a sad day when he leaves this staff. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Chip. Paul Assassin, she seemed comfortable. She seemed comfortable in the ATX, man. You know, you been checking on her? Yeah, uh, huh? You been checking on her? Oh, you know I follow her on the ground. Yeah. It's just for business, though. You know what I'm saying? It's for, it's for, you know, TSU. It's for our job. Uh, any inside scoop for the people, I'm going to let y'all know. So don't get y'all's head in the gun. Like, I know a lot of our no. listeners act. Let, no, let's our not listeners do that. know that you are per se Hilton. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's not do that. You know what I'm saying? But 
I'm, you know, we all know the missus has a say too. The missus has a say. So if she's out here, shit, man, I just saw a big time update. Oh, yeah. Breaking news. news. Breaking news. news. Yes, sir, Blake Gideon. You want some help at safety? Here it comes. Because uh, Xavier Filsamy has We got to get his name right. I don't know what it is either. It's Filsamy. Filsamy or Flimsimmy? No. (laughs) Flimsimmy. Don't, you can't say that. Look at Max Aceman's name and how it's spelled. You can't. Kids nowadays, we don't know. We don't know if it's German. We don't know what word's silent. You got to hear that thing from others. Okay. See, SD says you got it right, so I'm going to go with you. Well, ride with me. All right. So, Xavier Filsamy. Filsamy, okay. Has flipped his commitment from Florida to Texas. So now Texas has all kinds of good news at the safety position. Derek Williams, you got help on the way, my man. And look, this is a five-star. This, this dude is the truth. Um, if you watch his film, he is, he knows how to bait he knows how to how to set quarterbacks up, make them think, oh, I'm over here, but really, I'm about to come flying over Michael Griffin style and pick your pocket. And dude's got the NFL bod. This is what you want. I mean, these are the guys you want to be stocking that room with. And like I said, Zay, and there was a reason I kept saying it, do you want Jaron Thompson back? Do you want Keaton Crawford back because the posse's coming. The cavalry is coming. And Derek Williams, we know he can play. We know he's going to just keep getting better. Now you're adding Andrew Mukaba, who is much more of a cover safety than Jalen Catalan. Was Catalan more of a box, you know, downhill, stop the run safety, light you up? Um, but Xavier Phils to me is a cover guy. I mean, he can do it all. I mean, he's, he's kind of a Andrew Mukaba starter kit and, and we'll remind you of Derek Williams. He's got that long, you know, length. He's got speed. He's got confidence. So fill us some me, fill us some me. Yeah. Fill us with some me. Um, but yeah, Dallas yeah. area kid McKinney. I mean, close to home, like that's important for some guys, man. It really is because all they need to see is the success. Like, people want to come to Texas, you haven't seen the success like you have now in the past. So, guys were going out of state, guys were going to the SEC. Now, you in the SEC and you're having success to go along with it. People want to be a part of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I'm out here, I love Mookie Taft, love him. He might be a Westlake guy, I'm a bulldog, I love him. But if that dude is out here getting tick just by being in the right spot and work ethic, then if you're Xavier Flips to me. 
If you're Andrew Makuba, if you're any big-time recruit and that guy's out there doing it, you know you can do it. Like, again, this ain't no knock-on Mookie Tab, but the dude was a walk-on. The dude was a walk-on. There's certain things that he just doesn't have athletic-wise, but he's still a very solid player for the Horns and a big reason why they're in the position that they're in because his IQ's on a whole nother level. It's been that way since he was at Westlake, picking off Quinn Ewers and stuff like that. So, again, if you see that dude having success and you're a competitor, I'm going to say, damn, white boy out here killing like this. I know I could do it. So, yeah, man, like Blake Gideon, that dude, hell of a job. Steve Sarkeesian, throw Terry Joseph in the mix because I'm sure a lot of these guys – you can move them around kind of like you move Jade Barron around depending on need. So think about Kobe Black, him signing like the secondary. Yeah, man, I'm right with you. Like I'm Jared Thompson, you meant a lot to the squad. You got some big time plays this year. Keaton Crawford, same with you. But man, there's going to be some decisions to be made for Steve Sarkeesian when this season's over with talking to some guys and seeing what their future is like. And that's what you want. You want that room to get so jam-packed because you've got all these stars. Because we know as quick as you can get them in, you could easily lose them like a Jalen Catalan. So. Well, here's what here's what Phil Simi said. Because Texas got in late on him. They missed out on him during the spring. And then they you know circled back during the summer and fall. And Phil Simi said, I understand. This is a quote. I understand that they came in late. Um, but coach Harris, who is the coach at, uh, Will Harris was the new DB coach at Florida. He said, uh, but Harris came in late too. It's not like he had not an option, but it's just the way things played out. People are talking about how late Texas came in, but if you understand why it happened, looking at it from their eyes, it makes sense. People keep saying that Texas came in late and asking why I would flip. I know Coach Gideon more than I know Coach Harris. Coach Gideon is going to keep it real. He reminds me of my high school coach a lot. Um, with that alone, I know I'll be getting better. He'll he'll be on me. He'll push me to my limits and make sure I'm doing stuff right on and off the field. He's a real good dude, and he means what he says. So, Blake Gideon. Damn, Frank. That, that don't make Frank look too good. Look, Coach Harris, <laughs> damn. Like, he really threw him under the bus. Who? The, the safety coach at Florida. Harris. Well, he just got there. They fired Corey Raymond. Okay. But and that's still. kind of what started this chain effect because Phil Simi liked Corey Raymond, but, you know, Billy Napier had to make changes. He goes five and seven. He's trying to hang on to his – Job, he lets go of Corey Raymond. And by the time Florida hired Raymond's replacement, Phil Simi was already leaning toward Texas. So that's just that's just how things go. But that opened oh. a door. Corey Raymond getting fired opened a door for Blake Gideon to get back in, and he did it. That was a that was a big time close because that's uh but he, here's what he, he said this about Texas, too. He said, um, I chose Texas because of the development. It's really close to home. 
And I know I'm going to be surrounded by guys who want to win. That's no shot to Florida, but I know I'll have that at Texas. They are going to get all of the top guys in Texas. Kids in Texas want to go play for UT, and that's why I chose them. Yep. So Sarkeesian's momentum right now in the recruiting game, just keep it rolling, baby. Yeah, it's easy. Look, development. That's why I just threw out Mikey Mookie Taft for that ass. Ain't I don't think there's anybody more developed than that dude. And at that spot, yeah, Flipsman, he's right. Like he's absolutely right. Kids want to stay in Texas. The top players want to play in Texas. If Texas has success and shows results. They're just going to keep getting guys in like the good old days, man, during Max early 2000 era. Like, that's how it should be. Like, that 02 class, legendary. 03 class, legendary. What'd that lead to? Y'all know, man. Come on. And Led to 05, baby. That's what I'm saying. And now with the transfer portal, like, you can't be like the Nebraska volleyball coach. And just try to build it from the ground up and all that. All I like kids. recruiting high school kids <laughs> and losing. I like recruiting high school kids all and right. losing. All right, cool. We'll get. Hey, Andrew look at this. Look at this. You got to do both. Andrew Macaba. Yeah. And Xavier Phils to me. You know what I mean? Now, look cool. at this. UT parking in 2025. 2025, not even 2024. UT Parking's jumping ahead. Phil Simi, Derek Williams, Malik Muhammad. Um, oh yeah, Kobe Black, Jelani McDonald. Don't forget about my man Warren Roberson. That's true. Because Roberson is a dog too. Yeah. And Harris Brooks will probably still be around. I mean, they're building something. They're building something. Yeah. So, Zay, I mean, do you want Jaron Thompson and uh, Keaton Crawford back? I do, man. I do. I still do. Like, again, you're going to the SEC. If you can return as many players as you can, I say do that. Do that. No, I, I get it. As long as they understand. Yeah, as long as they understand. And we all know Jeff Banks. He's going to make it fun for you by putting you in a special team spot and allowing you to showcase your athleticism and get some run anyway. Yeah, but for Jaron Thompson, like Jaron Thompson's snaps went down this year, which is good because he was carrying way too much of the load last year. Yeah. But like his snaps have come down considerably. As long as he understands, then – and he's not, you know, because he's a vocal guy. Guys look at him as a leader, but it's hard to lead from the bench. <laughs> Yo, man, again, I, I don't think that's a thing for Jared. Like his reps might decrease, but I don't think he'll be benched, bench. Like there's a five man. Well, Jared Catalan's gone, but there's no, you're a right. There, there was a five man rotation. There was a five man rotation. So. Which, you know, I How many five-man rotations you see in the NFL? Not many. Not not many. But it. Not a Baron was there. Like, CFP, man. so I can't, you can't say much. We know the weak spot is that secondary. Yeah, but, but 
You don't have Trevondre Sweat next year. No, he gone. He gone. Or Byron Murphy, in my mind, I think Byron Murphy's gone. Yeah, he gone too. So, but you don't have those two monsters up front. Hopefully, you have Alfred Collins. Vernon Broughton should be there. So the defensive line, yeah, defensive line should be good. And I expect Ethan Burke and Baron Sorrell to take another big step, like a huge step. They have to. Those guys have to pick well, up the slack with Keith Joseph Osai, I mean, Colin Simmons is coming. <laughs> That's who he reminds you of? Yo, you see that brother holding the Bible after he won state on Saturday, Colin Simmons? He did. He was like holding the he was like holding the Bible after the game, basically like as just turned up and stuff. It was it was pretty motivational, saying like this is all I need right here. It's God and stuff. God, you got that on bootleg? <laughs> yeah, I think I could pull it up. I think oh I can yeah, pull it up. I'm I'm ready to be inspired. I need to be inspired <laughs> every day. I need to be inspired. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean Wardell Mack, UT Parking's on fire today. Um, Wardell Max, a wild card now. Gilbo, Austin Jordan. Listen, they like Jalen Gilbo. They like Austin Jordan. I'm surprised. Well, no, I'm not surprised. It, there's, it was just too hard to get reps for everybody. And it's going to be fun because Jelani McDonald plays that slot corner star. Jelani McDonald is a big mofo can you imagine six foot two 190 let me make sure i'm getting that right i don't want to oh there he is that's colin simmons that's colin simmons that's joseph Os- i mean colin simmons <laughs> i'm just telling you i'm yeah, just telling you Yeah, man. Let's go. Let's get it. Yeah, I'm hyped, man. This this coaching staff does a hell of a job. It's a lot easier walking into them houses when you're winning. A lot yeah. easier. Well, I, I will say this. Go back to the 05 National Championship team. You had Michael Griffin, Michael Huff, Cedric Griffin at corner, Terrell Brown at corner, Oh, and the Thorpe Award winner, um, Aaron Ross. I mean, they made it work. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah. I mean, A. Ross, he was – I remember going to do a story on Sonia Richards, and A. Ross was just sitting over in the corner of her apartment, a little old freshman, you know, about to grow up because – Sonia was a little more established than him earlier in her Texas career. And then a Ross goes and wins the Thorpe and goes to the giants and wins a super bowl. And his wife wins the 400 yeah. world championships. They got kids they, yet. Oh yeah. They Okay. Yeah. I'm expecting that kid to be an athlete. No pressure though. No, no <laughs> pressure. No pressure. Yeah. So Yeah. This is a big day. 
This is a big day in the recruiting landscape. If you're just tuning in to Chip and Zay, hey, welcome. Where you been? We got big news. Andrew Macaba, the uh, Clemson transfer, has committed to Texas. And now Xavier Filsimi, the number was the number two safety in the nation, the number seven overall player in the state of Texas, has decommitted from Florida and flipped to Texas. He has made his commitment to the Longhorns. So, I mean, look, you got the volleyball team winning the national championship. You got fish jumping in the boat on the football side of things. And that's, uh, that's big time. Yeah. That's big time. Get over to Horns 24-7 for all the latest. They got instant reaction. I mean, not right now. You know, you want to stick with us and then make your way over there, you know, after our show. But, yeah, that's big time. That's big time stuff. Um, you know who else is big time? Apple leasing is big time. Apple leasing. Going to get you into the car. You truly want to be driving at a price that's uh, better than you thought because you're not paying for the future trade-in value of that car when you're leasing from Apple Leasing, getting into a better car than you thought you could afford, and it's brand new. It's under warranty. You're not paying for repairs. You go buy a used car like I used to do so that you don't pay for that future trade-in value. What do you end up with? You end up with someone else's problems, someone else's repairs. That's no good. You deserve to be in a new car. Especially if you're living in Austin, Texas, you're going to be in traffic. You need to love the car you're in. Apple Leasing is going to lease any maker model of car. They don't care what car you pick. So they're not, there's no pressure. They're not like, oh, you have to buy it. No, you're not, you're not going through that. If you lease from a dealership, they're not going to let you change make and model of car. At Apple Leasing, you can. Two, three years into your lease, you want to change entire make and model of car? No problem. The easy lease. Everything is easy about Apple Leasing. Give them a call. 346-9977. AppleLeasing.com. Tell them Chip Brown sent you. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. And Brain Vault. Brain Vault. Christmas time. You got a competitor in your family? Cheerleader? Lacrosse? Flag? Football? Get them the mouth guard that is proven, patented, to reduce the effects of concussion. You want your kids playing hard, but you want them playing safe. And look, they've got the upper mouth guard. It's not on. It's not that boiler thing on a string attached to the football helmet. You can wear this mouth guard and talk. And for cheerleaders, you can wear the lower mouth guard. They've thought of everything. And Brain Vault developed right here in Austin by Dr. Greg Eckert, Dr. U-E-C-K-E-R-T. Um, they do group fittings. They'll come to you. Go to brainvault.com, set up a fitting. Um, and Zay last night went by Salt Traders right there at Zilker on, on the way to the Trail of Lights. Celebrated the anniversary with the, uh, with the missus at the Trail of Lights. Salt Traders Coastal Cooking, baby, right there. Right there off of uh, Mopac next to Zilker Park. Check it out. Get your sugar bowl grub on, you know, the New Orleans barbecue shrimp. Because it's Monday, all night happy hour tonight. You can get that. You can get $5 off that New Orleans barbecue shrimp. 
all night happy hour. Salt Traders Coastal Cooking. Um, yeah, congrats and, on the anniversary, man. Thanks, man. Absolutely. Appreciate you. Yeah, well done. I was lost. Now I'm found. <laughs> we had a we had a little get together, Texas Sports Unfiltered, over the weekend. Um, you and I were not sitting next to each other. Did you have a enjoyable time? You got any? Yeah. You got some good. Got any good stories for me from your side of the room? Um, no, I'm not gonna throw anybody under the bus. Adam Wagner was on one. Chaos Theory, that dude. He was wearing a Rick and Morty shirt, which was amazing. Like, <laughs> that's like a cartoon, like an adult family guy like cartoon, which is pretty spacey and very, very interesting. But yeah, at Wags, it was great talking to him and seeing everybody and meeting, you know, wives for the first time and stuff. Got to take my lovely wife there. And she got to Jesse, the lovely Jesse. She's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, she's amazing, and she got to meet some of the great people I work with. So, yeah, it was it was a good time, man. My black and catfish with grits was on point. Yeah, out of the ball. How about you? Any stories? Any The Helen Keller story, we all heard that. I saw oh the look God. on your face, man. <laughs> hey, we are a wonderful collection of dysfunction junction. You know what I'm saying? That's it's a beautiful thing. Them. Little little something for everybody. Um, yeah, look at this. Is that UT Parking's on fire today? Um, Texas has landed a five star at every position on the field over the last three cycles, um, except defensive tackle and tight end. Jatavian Sanders was in the 2021 class, and don't forget, Tavondre Sweat was a three star. I mean. Don't sleep on the the development of players and the projection by the coaches because Gary Patterson took nothing but three stars and turned them into NFL players. So um, it helps. Look, it helps. If you get a five-star who's coachable, you get a five-star who really, really wants it, who wants to be great, like Sean Taylor at Miami. Okay, that's great then you win. But if you get five stars like A&M did and you don't have any culture, you don't have any bond, you don't have any chemistry, any camaraderie, and you're going, you know, middle of the pack every year, yeah. then the five stars don't matter. Yeah. I mean, I know Longhorn fans remember the name of BJ Foster, five-star coming out of East Texas, who I remember – maybe quit on his team against Kansas state. The last time he got to put on that burnt orange, like sometimes it just, it doesn't fit or you don't know that guy's work ethic coming in, you know, that two or three star player, he might be as hungry as ever, you know, you just never know and development and getting to know guys. And like you said, building that camaraderie and just chemistry, not only on the field, but off the field, like that's very important. Again, some guys, you might come in from out of state and you get homesick or the right people around you to help you deal with those certain things. You know, we just never know when guys transfer out. It's so easy to say, oh, damn, it just didn't fit on the field. It might not fit off the field, too. So a lot has to work 
and guys being successful at any school they go to, whether they have NFL aspirations or they're just trying to get a degree and hopefully do some good networking when they're on campus. So when they graduate, they have a job waiting for them on their way out. But yeah, man, like you just never know what kind of player you're getting once they touch down on campus. And yeah, you want the five stars as much as possible, but you're right, Chip. Don't sleep on those three stars like Javondre Sweat, who was a hundred pounds lighter when he came, when he came on campus here at Texas, which is still crazy to me. I love that picture. Jack Burton wants me to sing, "I'm your lady." Jack, Jack, come on, Jack, come on, bro. I am your. No, okay, I won't do that. I won't do that. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Zay had already taken it off the screen. I take it um, off the screen. You took it off. Oh, I I took it off. See, I now this is what Jack, Jack's, thank you, Jack. This is what we need. We don't need you to be asking Chip the same. We need you to be talking about Ricky Williams and how he almost didn't fit. You damn skippy. But God will always say Ricky wanted to go home, go back to California. Did you hear Ricky tell that story at the Heisman about yeah. Jaden Daniels? Yes. So Jaden Daniels' dad played at Iowa State. He was a safety at Iowa State. And Jaden Daniels' dad said, man, I want you to meet Ricky Williams. I have nightmares about that guy. And Jaden <laughs> Daniels is like, what? He's like, yeah, just ask him. So Jaden Daniels goes up to Ricky and says, hey, man, my dad says he has nightmares about you. He was at Iowa State in 1998 playing safety. And Ricky's like, oh. I had 350 yards rushing that game. <laughs> oh, man. Yep. Yep. That's why you're talking to me right now because of games like that. I want to thank your dad. That's I'm going to look up and see how many tackles Daniels had in that game. Hey, he ain't. Daniels wasn't the only one that has nightmares waking up in a cold sweat. Cold sweat. There must be some very vivid, dark dreams, man, because I have dreams, too, about former opponents giving me buckets and stuff. So I couldn't imagine what it'd be like for a football player and stuff to just have those flashbacks of having to tackle guys like Earl Campbell, guys like Ricky Williams. You kidding me? Like, Jesus. Okay. Javon Daniels. He had five tackles, one for loss. But Ricky Williams had 37 carries for 352. No, 350 yards. 37 carries, 350 yards, five touchdowns. Jesus, man. Devon Daniels. That's Jaden Daniels' dad. Yeah. That was funny. Yeah, Ricky, you know, he's 25th year anniversary of his Heisman. So he he's going to all the meet and greets, New York, Vegas. It's cool, man. He, he tweeted out some pictures of his son. Now, according to Bucky, Ricky has a bunch of kids, but. Yeah, you like Antonio Cromartie. I didn't realize that, but he's got a little guy. With great hair, who was running <laughs> slapping five with all the Heisman winners 
yeah. at the uh, the Heisman event. Of course, Ricky's company is called Heisman. H I G H S M A N. Brilliant. You want to get your uh, get your mojo on with Ricky? Go to Heisman.com. H I G H. And Ricky took his last his wife's last name too. Kudos to Ricky. Kudos to that man. I couldn't do it, but yo, it takes a man that's very comfortable with himself to do something like that. And Ricky said, "You know what, my lady, we're on the same level. I'm not above you or anything, so I'm gonna take your name." So, hey, I'm not even gonna get into that. Because I knew Kristen, she was a saint. But anyway, hey, I'm happy if Ricky's happy. I'm happy if Ricky's happy. I uh, I just thought that Devon Daniels story was was funny. Yeah, uh, Jaden Daniels announced he's entering the draft. I mean, big shocker there. You win the Heisman, you better go. Shoots. What do you think of what do you? Who do you, who's your comp for him in the NFL? Oh, he's not as big as Anthony Richardson. No, no, he's way smaller than Anthony way. Richardson. Like he's, I mean, he's more like Lamar. Yeah. Oh, he he's does like, some Lamar things. Yes. Yeah, he's more like Lamar Jackson. Yeah, he does some Lamar things. It's just. Gosh, man, watching Lamar yesterday against Jacksonville, that dude, he just keeps so many plays alive. And on at the NFL level, it's college, it's obviously ridiculous, but the NFL level, it's crazy. But yeah, Daniels, his build, he's just like a little bit taller than Bryce Young, but he has that same build of him. So I don't know. He's pretty unique. I don't really have a good comp for him. I've heard people say Lamar, but that's just, you know. Yes, they're both Heisman winners. They're both very versatile with their legs, but I don't know. Yo, UT Parkin, Randall Cunningham. Whoa. Whoa, man. Here we go. I was a little before my time, but I knew Randall was special. Randall had the longest release because his arms were so long. Yeah, like by the time he brought it back, it was like stretch man. <laughs> but he was, oh, he was, he was fun to watch, man. He was, he, he was hard to get down. I mean, he could, he could break, he could break it open, take a broken play, turn it into something. He, he gave defenses headaches for show. For show. For show. Um, speaking of the Cowboys, Zay. Are they are they that soft that when they leave their comfy confines of AT&T Stadium, they turn into the Wicked Witch of the West, get some water thrown on them and melt? That was that was awful. Like the defense was awful. Yeah, they couldn't tackle James Cook. Not. I mean, not Barry Sanders, James Cook. Yeah. James Cook was a beast. Yeah, he was good. If you would tell me that 
the Bills win by 21 and Josh Allen doesn't throw for over 100 yards. I'm slapping you with my backhand. Like, that's NFL for you, you know. <laughs> that's just – that's what it is. Like, and I told you last week, just going up to that cold climate, it's, it's different. It's different during this time of the year, man. That weather was a factor. And they were just doing dumb shit yesterday. Like, you know, all just the targeting penalties, curse, lowering his head on Shakur. And, you know, Dak, somebody lowers their head on Dak. They barely graze him. But you got to throw the flag just to protect the quarterbacks. Here comes Zach Martin's ass. Zach Martin, all-world guard, going to the Hall of Fame. Canton, they're already making his big-ass head out of whatever they do for the statue. Yet, this fool has to come do all the superhero save that Prescott, you know, bullshit. And he completely takes out the dude that didn't even hit Dak to get the flag. So, it balances it out. It cancels both flags. Now Zach Martin gets an unsportsmanlike call. Just they had they had dumb shit like that the whole game, Chip. It was weird. It was really weird. Like, okay, you take one step forward and then you get two steps back just by your own personal, you know, self-inflicted wounds. And yeah, they just weren't ready to play. They weren't. They're riding this high. Everybody's talking Super Bowl and stuff. They probably got kinfolk calling about tickets to Vegas and stuff. And that could be a distraction for a team that hasn't been there before. So, yeah, man, Dak Prescott looked like the old Dak Prescott. And, hey, back to the drawing board. We knew that this these last few games until the playoffs start would be brutal. And the only positive thing about the Cowboys yesterday was the fact that they got in the playoffs, even though they got blown out. So, again, back to the drawing board. We'll see what happens. But the Bills, yeah, I wouldn't want to play those dudes right now. Like, they, if they're going to run it the way they're running the ball, you always got to account for Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen's arm. They're going to run with that balance. If they squeak into the playoffs, look out. Look out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, right, when you want to throw your arms around the Cowboys, they give you a, a reason not to. And, my God, they looked so good for, um, you know, the last month. And now you're like, oh. Uh, can I yeah. trust you? Oh, if right now the playoff picture, like if you're the Dolphins sitting at the number two spot and you've got to play the Colts, that's what you want. Because if somehow the Bills finesse <laughs> their way in and Tua's got to play against the guy that he plays twice a year anyway because of a division – I'm telling you, man, that Bills team yesterday, I mean, oof, that was – because like, I'm, I'm giving the Cowboys benefit of the doubt. They had a bad game. They're a good team. They had a bad game. The Bills, they're a good team too. They just kind of had their troubles at the beginning of the season. I want to say they were below 500 by two games at one point. Yeah, ain't nobody trying to see those dudes. If you're Miami or uh, Kansas City and you 
end up keeping that two and three spot, you want that six and seven spot to be the Bengals and the Colts. You do not want the Bills to be in any one of those spots. Everybody else, even the Texans saying that eight. If C.J. Stroud comes back, I wouldn't want to see the Texans, how they won yesterday. Case Keenum. Case Keenum. Case Keenum. H-Town legend. Come on, man. Throwing it to Derek Stingley on the rope. Derek Stingley, uh, 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 Singletary, excuse me, almost taking that thing to the house, kicking the field goal to win it. Without your quarterback, he's going to get rookie of the year? Come on. D'Amico Ryans might get coach of the year, man. He might get it. If they finesse their way to the playoffs, give it to him. Give it to him. Well, that leads us to our picks. Ah, damn. I went 2-0-1. I had the... I had the Cleveland Browns minus three. That was a push. I had the Texans plus four, the Fighting Case Keenums. That was a wrong team favorite. I won that. And the Chiefs covered the eight at the Patriots. My man Zay went against my Lions and got burned. He took the Broncos plus four and a half. They lost 42 to something. Did you forget... Your bag of weed, Sean Payton. Sean Come Payton. On, bro. I he feel like it's legal in Michigan. You forgot it because that ain't yesterday. That wasn't it. I'm glad your Lions are back on, you know, in the winning column. But, yeah, that wasn't it. That was not it at all. My man Zay had the Packers minus three and a half. Damn. The Packers. Yeah, they lost by 14. We lost by 14 and the Giants. My man Zay had Tommy <laughs> Cutlets plus five and a half. They lost by a bunch. <laughs> 24 to six. Uh, yo, right Saints. when I saw Tommy Cutlets agent in that green ass suit, I was like, yeah, this ain't going to be no dub for Cutlets. It's a, it's a great story, though. Great All story. the Prano memes and stuff. It's a great story. But yeah, Jeremy Lin, even his story came to an end. So hey, but good news, Cowboys fans. Zach Martin says he feels good about playing next week against Miami. Yeah. So like Zach Martin, nobody hit Dak, bro. You don't have to go and you know, protect your quarterback. It'd be different if Dak was like laid out, like unconscious. You know what I'm saying? But Dak got up. Dak was begging for the call. And then you go back and look at the replay. The dude like grazed Dak a little bit. He lunged while Dak was sliding. Throw the flag. I get it. But he didn't make no contact. Here comes big old Zach Martin. Oh, what you doing to my quarterback? Just gets his helmet right in the dude's grill. Here come the other flag. Mike McCarthy over there. Ah, oh, shit. We need every chance we could get, Zach. You better than that, bro. Come on. Like, I, you got to protect your teammates. I get that. You got to protect your quarterback. If somebody laid out Quinn Ewers, I hope one of Kelvin Banks, Christian Jones, Hayden Collar, I hope one of them goes to whoever laid them out and gives them a taste of their own medicine. But he didn't get laid out. <laughs> he, did, he didn't get laid out at all. Got to be smarter than that. And, yeah, after that moment happened, I was like, oh, these dudes, their mind ain't in it. It ain't in it this week. It ain't in it this week. 
All right. Well, let's get to the chip shot. And let me uh, give a little bit of love to my man, Tom McKay, audiovisual consultations, avconsultations.com. Look, you need the big screen, the media room, surround sound, surveillance, new lighting. He's one phone call away and he's going to bring everything to you from the free consultation to installation. It's so simple. You call 255-8678 and let Tom and his crew bring everything to you. They've been doing it for all your favorite restaurants, sports bars, sports restaurants, putting the TVs, the surround sound in. Let him do it for you. He's done it for me in three different houses. 255-8678. AVConsultations.com. And don't forget this Christmas. Don't get your kids video games. Get them a basketball hoop, right, Zay? Yes, My sir. man, Mike Gonzalez Gonzo, Hoops ATX, HoopsATX.com. Can set that basketball goal up for you so your kids can be dunking this holiday season. It's uh, He'll put a whole sport court in for you. He's done it for people all over Central Texas, the best in the business hoopsatx.com all right zay i got a little bit of a split chip shot today because we're gonna get to the recruiting news here in a second big time recruiting news of the safety position involving andrew mukaba and xavier filsimi but i gotta give one more round of applause to the texas women's volleyball team um if you're just tuning in or you were out of town this weekend, Texas went into the final four as the underdog because they started the season two and two. They lost their opener against Long Beach State. But when you lose Logan Eggleston, the national player of the year, All-American libero Zoe Fleck and Paige or Sage Kiana Anana Torres as the setter, those are the three like that's your offense, your quarterback, and your defense of a volleyball team. Your best hitter, Logan Eggleston, your setter is your quarterback, and your libero, who's your defense. Libero's the one that flies all over the court, making sure the ball doesn't hit the floor when the other team is rocketing spikes left and right. So it was going to take time for them to gel, especially with a freshman, true freshman setter in Ella Swindle, who's six foot three, kind of rare for a setter because she can get up and block and do some damage herself at the net. Sometimes you get a setter who's a liability, who can't, you know, kind of defend her position and other teams target them and it becomes a problem. No one's targeting Ella Swindle. But she was a surgeon. And look, the the game, the match against Nebraska wasn't even their toughest match of the championship. Not even close. Like, they had Nebraska just tripping over themselves. Errors, pressure, 12 aces. Texas kept 
constant service pressure on them. They didn't know what to do. They're looking at each other. They got a couple of freshmen over there too, but they didn't have the, they didn't have the leadership experience, confidence that Texas team had. And it was something to see because really the semifinal against Wisconsin was the masterpiece. Ellis Swindle had 41 assists, season high, 41 assists, um, you know, 16 kills from Madison Skinner and 19 digs from Emma Halter. It was almost like once they won that, they're like, oh, we got this. They rolled into the final against Nebraska, who had denied them in the national championship match in 95, in 2015, beat them two years ago in Gregory Gym before they even got to the regionals. There was bad blood. Zay played the quote from John Cook, the coach at Nebraska. He's asked, how has Texas set the bar, set the standard that now you and everyone else has to go meet? Because Texas is the two-time defending national champion in women's volleyball. And old Cookie said, <laughs> uh, well, their whole team's transfers. Half, no, half their team, he said. Half their team's transfers. I like what I'm doing, recruiting high school kids and losing. So that was that was beautiful. I mean, talk about sour grapes. And I don't know if anyone – we need to talk about this tomorrow, Zay. Jerry Kill, the head coach at New Mexico State, losing his mind in his postgame press conference in the New Mexico Bowl. I oh, see yeah. that. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll – I, I can – I don't want to get too sidetracked here. Maybe I should. I don't know. Um, but kudos – and guess what? Everybody, except for Asia O'Neill and Bella Bergmark and um, Molly Phillips, they're all back. Ella Swindle, Emma Halter, Madison Skinner is back. She's won three national championships, one at Kentucky, two at Texas. She got a chance to win a fourth. Yeah. So... Jared Elliott, kudos, man. And Jenna uh, Wissaw, man, was she good. She was good. The transfer from Minnesota, she brought the thunder too. So this was a fun team to watch. They completely imposed their will. Um, yeah. yeah. All right. Jerry Kill. I need the audio for this, although it's kind of hard to follow. Um. But we'll come back to that tomorrow. Remind me, because he lost his mind, and he wow. had a player. So they were playing in the New Mexico Bowl, and they had to use New Mexico's facilities. And Jerry Kill said they were having trouble getting into the indoor facility and felt like the athletic director of New Mexico was making it hard on him. And, oh, by the way, Jerry Kill's quarterback took a leak on their logo after the New Mexico State-New Mexico game. Jerry Kill said he punished him by making him scrub toilets with toothbrushes. And he felt like that's why New Mexico was making it hard for them to get into their indoor facility to practice for the New Mexico Bowl. And then New Mexico athletic directors like, what are you talking about? We don't once once it's the bowl game, we have nothing to do with it. Like the bowl officials, we give them the keys. They're letting people in and out of stuff. We don't run that. It was embarrassing for Jerry Kill. But anyway, 
Um, we'll come back to that because there's you got to. I need to get Zay. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll see if I remember tomorrow. Hopefully That's somebody. a tease for tomorrow. But yeah, great tease. Listen, during our show, it's been a big, big weekend in recruiting for Texas. Matthew Golden, the really talented wide receiver from the University of Houston who did some damage against Texas this past season. I dropped a couple of hints like that week of the game that uh, he might not be playing for the team he's uh, on right now. He might be playing for the team across from him. But um, you you pick up Matthew Golden. You pick up Andrew Mukaba, freshman All-American at Clemson. 20 pass breakups. He started more than 30 games. He's tired of going backwards at Clemson. He wants to win. And the flip from Xavier Filsimi, the the uh, five-star safety who was committed to Florida, now is committed to Texas. On the heels of the Kobe Black commitment, Texas is moving into the top three in the team rankings in this recruiting cycle. And they're they're getting big-time talent at positions of need. Now, still got my eyeballs on that defensive line position. Don't be surprised if there's another Houston Cougar making his way over to Texas. Uh-oh. But this is this is Steve Sarkeesian working it, man. He's working it. And the team's back practicing. They had kind of a nice, easy-going practice on Friday. Then they ramped it up on Saturday. They had recruits in watching, so they put the pads on and got after it. I heard Sark was making them run and run and run, and then halfway through the run said – this effort's not good enough. Y'all are starting over. So he got their attention. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And uh, and so yeah. A lot yeah. of like you said, Zay, it's fun being a fan of the Longhorns right now. If you're a fan of the Longhorns, well, you popping your collar right now. You're a fan of the bird on. You popping your collar. You stunting. You talking that shit to folks. And yo, man, I like Sark. Letting those guys know, hey, fellas, y'all ain't done nothing yet. Big 12 championship, that's fun and all, but we got some serious games to play. If y'all ain't locked in, we going to get our ass embarrassed. That ain't going to happen. So, yeah, yeah, we going to have to run some more sprints. So be it. So be it. In a long time between now and that game, if everybody's mindset ain't right, then we're going to get your mind right before then. So, yeah, let them know, Sark. That's what coaching's all about. Hell, don't let them get complacent. It's always no all gas, no brakes. Let's go. And let's go with the right call from my man. For the right call, for sure. Got to talk about Covert BK. It's almost Christmas time, y'all. Next week, it's Christmas. Beautiful time of the year. If you don't got all your presents, what are you doing? If you don't have a vehicle that can take you to get that present, what are you doing? That check engine light, the smoke coming out the hood. Get rid of that. Those problems, you don't need to have that. Nobody deserves those problems. And Covert B Cave knows that. They've been doing it for over a hundred years for po- folks with that just bootleg, you know, buggy, that bootleg hoopty. Stop it. 
go to Covert B Cave, see the seven brands that they got, Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. You will get hooked up. Or go to CovertBCave.com for all the latest specials and inventory. You know, just the highest quality selection at new and pre-owned vehicles. Nobody beats a covert deal. Not now, not ever. All right, Chip Brown, right call today. Texas basketball got themselves a solid dub on Saturday morning against LSU, 96-85. to The Horns went to halftime up by 19, 56-37, and LSU came back and had a great second half. Took it within seven points. Ronnie Terry and crew called the timeout, made their adjustments, and ended up winning the game by 11 in H-Town at the Toyota Center. But the highlight was Dylan DeSue making his comeback first game of the season from foot surgery. We saw what he did in the March Madness in 2023. Who knows if he was available against Miami, what that 2023 squad would have done. But, hell, that's in the past. Now DeSue is back, and he had 20 minutes, seven. 17 points with nine of nine from the free throw line, four of eight from the field. And one of my favorite stats for him, five assists. Five assists, Chip, means he knows he's going to get doubled. That's what he has to work on. Everybody saw what he did last year in the tournament. The dude's capable of giving you 20 at any moment. He's versatile. He can knock down the outside shot. He's really good at pick and roll situations with that patented floater. He's really good in posting up and going to his move and getting to his spot. So he could be a problem. So if he draws attention and gets double teams, he has to make the right play. And those five assists for a big man like he is, is huge for the Longhorn success. You look at somebody like Tyrese Hunter. Tyrese Hunter hasn't had that big game this year. This was his best game of the season. 19 points, 8 of 11 for the field, 4 assists. He did have 5 turnovers, though. You have to cut back on those. But those turnovers, they weren't just, like, unforced. They came with him being aggressive, with him attacking. Max Aceman's doing what he continues to do, knocking down shots, leading score with 20 points. The defense, I didn't like it. I didn't like it, especially in the second half. Like, they got to lock in on guys, contest shots. And at the end of the day, they fouled way too much for my liking. They sent uh, LSU to the free throw line way too many times. LSU... 23 times. They hit 16 of them. They got into the bonus very early in the second half. I want to say with at least 12 minutes to go. So that just comes with Max Aismas being small and sometimes getting attacked where I've talked about you have to overhelp at times with Aismas and even Tyrese Hunter. The guards, they could be small depending on the lineup that Coach Terry has in. So depending on the opposing player on the team and their offensive game and who Ace Miss and Hunter's guarding, no matter what, if you can figure that switch out, they're going to attack those guards. They just are. And that's what LSU did in the second half. I mean, when you see Wright, 33 points, he hit five threes, but he was getting to the rim. He was using his big body to his advantage. That's going to be the weak point for the Horns, especially when they get to the Big 12 and face some of these bigger guards. They're going to go at Aismas. They're going to go at Tyrese Hunter, Kendall Weaver. Like I said last week, Chip, I think he's going to end up taking all of IT Horton's minutes, which is what happened Saturday. That's what's it's unfortunate, man, because IT Horton with that jump shot, it's pretty. It just hasn't been going in. And you've said, you know, more than anybody that I know, especially watching him at that orange and white game, 
when that dude's not knocking down that shot, he's just invisible. You won't see him much on defense, you know, and offensively, his confidence can be shot. And again, it's unfortunate because that guy's played a lot of college basketball. You know, he's been a double-digit scorer at different stops throughout his collegiate career. So hopefully this is just a phase. Hopefully he can get out of, you know, this funk that he's in. But if he's going to continue to be in this funk, Kendall Weaver has shown that he belongs on the court. If he knocks down shots, he hit a three, a huge three against LSU in the second half when the Tigers were trying to come back. And we know what he brings on the defensive end. He's a guy that if you have a really good guard on the other side, he could go out and guard that guy and hopefully slow them down. And just his toughness is infectious. You need guys like Kendall Weaver. So, yeah. What'd you think of, what'd you, what'd you think of Tyrese Hunter in this game? Because he I, shot I, I, it really well, but he didn't. Like you said, he didn't give you great defense. I think he only gave you like two rebounds, three well, rebounds, and five turnovers. Yeah, like the five turnovers, that's an issue. That can't happen when the ball's in your hands that much. It, it could happen sometimes. And, again, it weren't unforced. He was attacking. Like this was his best game of the year, so he has to attack. He has to be look for a shot. He has to be a scorer because every time Max A. Smith comes off a screen, he's either getting iced or double teamed at this point. So Tyrese Hunter, when he gets that ball on hockey assist, he has to be on attack mode at all times. And the Longhorns, they are better because of it. But I don't think it's it, Max A. Smith and Hunter. They're not bad defenders. They're just small, Chip. Like Tyrese Hunter ain't six foot. Max Aismith, he definitely ain't six foot. So both dudes, you look at them at 5'10", that's tough. <laughs> like, that's tough with the guards that they have in college. This is like A.J. Abrams and D.J. Augustine. Oh, that was, yeah. And those guys, they were in the right spot. They wouldn't get beat off the dribble, really. But once you have a guy and you're moving, you could get them on the hip, depending on the player. If they have good footwork and just a good inside game with their finishes, they don't even see those dudes. They could just finish over them. So, you know, I mean, the defense has to get better. 85 points for a team, that's just way too much. But you got to look at the positive. The Horns with the Sioux coming back. Yo, they're going to be tough to stop. Like 96 points. You can see that a lot. You can see this team putting up 80 to 90 points at different times of the season just because of – it's a pick your poison team. And then it allows guys like Dylan Mitchell to get those trash buckets. And he doesn't have the pressure of, okay, I have to score for this team to win. No, Dylan Mitchell, that's a good plus if you do. But with the Sue and Acemas on the squad, probably being your leading scorer and Caden Shedrick, you could give him the ball on the block and one-on-one situations. And he could go get you a bucket every now and then. Like, I, I like this squad moving forward. It's just the Big 12, Oklahoma's top 12 in the nation. BYU is ranked. A lot of these teams that we didn't even think was going to be a factor, we knew Baylor was going to be good. We knew Kansas and U of H. We knew those teams were going to be good. But these surprising teams that are, you know, a part of the Big 12, like Porter Mosier's done a terrific job in Norman. As much as I hate to say it, he's done a really good job. So, the Big 12's a gauntlet. You got to get your wins, however they may come. You got to protect home court at the moon. And again, with the Sioux coming back, this is a completely different ball club. Well, let's uh, let's do the look ahead 
because they got AM Corpus Christi on the 22nd, then they're off. Yeah, they have a four game slate in like the middle of January. That is brutal. I want to say, I, I can't think of who the teams are in my head. I want to say Oklahoma's yeah, in there. Yeah, Baylor, Oklahoma. Yeah. At BYU and then Houston. Yep, that's it. <laughs> that's it. You can go 0 and 4 easy. Easy. I'm just looking for two and two. I'm good. If you if you could finesse a two and two and hopefully win out until that, you know, gauntlet starts, then you're in a good position because the Big 12, you know, quad one wins, they should be coming every week. Or you should have quad one opportunities to come every week because that's what the committee looks for when they do all their bracketology stuff. Like the quad one wins matter. And with how thick the Big 12 is, it's like a quad one game, quad one game like every single time you lace them up. So Well, one thing, my man Kendall Weaver was one of one from three. I know he's only four of 13 for the season, but as he gets more minutes – and as his defense pays off, let's see if the confidence comes with his shooting. Yeah. Because he probably didn't have the confidence from the coaches yet. I, he's a starter waiting to happen. I'm just waiting for him to be in the starting lineup because his – Over who? Oh, yeah. Who are we starting them over? I mean – because right now they're starting A. Smith, Hunter, Brock Cunningham, Dylan Mitchell, Caden Shedrick. Right, I, I think he's I, he's a great off the bench player, six man. I mean, Tyrese's got to he's got to start playing like he was, you know, like we know he can. Right, Trey. Right, Barker. <laughs> yes, sir. Hey, no, no free lunch. You got to earn it every step of the way. Hunter is what I like about Kendall Weaver. That dude brings it every minute he's on the floor. I know jump out of the gym. Yeah, I know it'll help his shooting though. He needs to get a haircut. Mr. Miyagi called. He wants his bonsai trees from Karate Kid 2 back. See, that's that's how you gonna say something with your Steve Sarkeesian look that you got going on right now. (laughs) Come on now. That's a cool light skinned brother. Let him do his thing. Let him do his thing. I hit 42% from three point range. (laughs) <laughs> see jeff they don't know like jeff by the way congratulations on the marriage and stuff like you with a sister you. but you got serious flavor they don't know they don't the trey don't understand he don't get what kendall weaver's rocking like it's serious he's got something going on there if it's gonna help him play better let him rock it though it's not as bad as what shaka smart was is doing I, look I recognize that Kendall Weaver has a ton of athleticism, and I also know that in Karate Kid 2, Mr. Miyagi was planting his haircut on the sides of cliffs, okay? That's all I'm saying. Wait, Zay, Zay you, don't, you don't like Shaka's? You don't like Shaka with hair? Oh, hell no. No. Oh. no. Was that is, it's tough. That's I think he's better run. than bald Shaka. Also seems hell. like he's a better coach. True, true, true. He's hold definitely a better now. coach. Hold on there. now. It is December. wait which karate kid was it where they were going up and down the hillside getting the bonsai tree karate kid 2 that was terrible (laughs) that movie was terrible i agree i bumped into that on 
cable the other day. I was like, oh, I forgot how bad this movie was. <laughs> yeah, they, I think they made four of those things too with the original Miyagi. Because Danny LaRussa or Frank Macchio has that great skin, looked like he was 12 until he was 40. Mm hmm. Kept playing yeah, high school he, kids. Now he looks jaundiced in the Cobra Kai series. His skin has turned all yellow now. He looks unhealthy. I feel bad oh. for him. God bless him. God bless all him. right, fellas. We'll let you have at it. See you, fellas. Sweep the leg. Sweep the leg. Barker, Trey, holla.